At this air date, there are over 200 individual messages on this website with an average length of about 12 minutes. Every Thursday, God willing, we add a new one. Fifty-two weeks from now, by the good hand of the Creator, we will have offered another 52 proof messages for your consideration. If you are a first-time visitor, we recommend you spend about 12 minutes or so each day on God Said, Man Said for the next 232 days, and then visit once a week for the weekly webcast. Sit down with family and friends to review and discuss the messages together. Your faith will grow in the credibility of the Word of God. At God Said, Man Said, we receive a plethora of email messages. Many of them contain edifying testimonies of praise, and of those we choose some to read in the House of the Saints. Some have open displays of hate and ill-wishing, some come with legitimate questions, and some with unsupportable challenges. We answer as quickly and as completely as possible. Unfortunately, we cannot field all of them, but be aware that the vast majority of the questions have already been answered within the subjects on this website. Thank you for coming. Once you open the door of truth, nothing will be the same. Now for today's subject. God said, Genesis 6, verse 4, There were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, and they bare children to them, the same became mighty men, which were of old men of renown. Man said, Giants? How ludicrous! This is just another proof that the Bible is a book of fairy tales. Now the record. Minimalists and humanists continually attack the veracity of God's Word, but be assured of one thing, God is never wrong, and God never loses. His Word, the Holy Bible, contained in the majority text, is true and righteous altogether. Confessing Christians have been busy running from the Word of God and dodging biblical truths such as the 6,000-plus-year-old earth, fire-breathing dragons, fiery-flying serpents, the seed dinosaur Leviathan, the walls of Jericho, the missing day, the virgin birth, the resurrection, Christ's ascension, his returning, and on and on. It's an insult to the Lord Jesus Christ. One brother, when discussing biblical faith and miracles with a particular pastor, found out that the pastor didn't believe in either. When discovering this obvious conundrum, he asked the pastor, Why aren't you laying brick? In other words, why are you representing what you don't believe? Why not take another vocation, such as bricklaying? Yes, there were giants in those days. When discussing giants of old and people of enormous height, many people today lump these two together, referring to terms such as gigantism or acromegaly, a rare disorder of the pituitary gland which causes abnormal size. But the giants of the scriptures were not rare genetic flukes. There were entire populations of giants. The scriptures referred to giants nearly 200 times. If the Word of God makes mention of giants so many times, then there should be empirical proof that they did once exist, and of course, there is. In Deuteronomy chapter 3, verse 13, Moses speaks concerning the dividing of the part of conquered Canaan among the Israelites. It reads, And the rest of Gilead and all Bashan, being the kingdom of Og, gave I unto the half-tribe of Manasseh, all the region of Argob, with all Bashan, which was called the land of the giants. It was the land of the giants. God reminds backslidden and rebellious Israel of their roots in Amos chapter 2, verse 9. Yet destroyed I the Amorite before them, whose height was like the height of the cedars, and he was strong as the oaks, yet I destroyed his fruit from above, and his roots from beneath. 
The Amorites were giants, having great strength and enormous height. King Og was the leader of the giants. Deuteronomy chapter 3, verse 11 reads, For only Og, king of Bashan, remained of the remnant of giants. Behold, his bedstead was a bedstead of iron. Is it not in Rabbath of the children of Ammon? Nine cubits was the length thereof, and four cubits the breadth of it, after the cubit of a man. Perhaps the first museum was in Rabbath of the children of Ammon, where Og's bed remained. If you use the eighteen-inch cubit, his bed would be thirteen and a half feet long and six feet wide, or based on the twenty-two-inch cubit, sixteen and a half feet long and seven feet four inches wide. Give him a foot for head and toe clearance, and you have a giant twelve and a half to fifteen and a half feet tall. When the spies that Moses sent across Jordan returned, they alarmed the people with a story of ferocious giants. Numbers chapter 13, verse 33. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Adak, which come of the giants, and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so were we in their sight. Og, the king of the giants, ruled over sixty cities. God delivered the race of the giants into the hand of the seed of Jacob. Deuteronomy chapter 3, verses 4 and 5. And we took all his cities at that time. There was not a city which we took not from them, three score cities, all the region of Argob, the kingdom of Og, in Bashan. All these cities were fenced with high walls, gates, and bars, beside unwalled towns a great many. Concerning these cities of giants, Deuteronomy 128 reads, Whither shall we go up? Our brethren have discouraged our hearts, saying, the people is greater and taller than we. The cities are great and walled up to heaven, and moreover we have seen the sons of the Anakims there. Cambridge Essays in 1858 published the following writings of Cyril Graham under the title The Ancient Bashan and the Cities of Og. The following excerpt from Mr. Graham is taken from the book Giants written by Charles Deloche. When we find one after another great stone cities, walled and unwalled, with stone gates, and so crowded together that it becomes almost a matter of wonder how all the people could have lived in so small a space, when we see houses built of such huge and massive stones that no force which can be brought against them in that country could even batter them down, when we find rooms in these houses so large and lofty that many of them would be considered fine rooms in a palace in Europe, and lastly, when we find some of these towns bearing names which cities in that very country bore before Israelites came out of Egypt, I think we cannot help feeling the strongest conviction that we have before us the cities of the Rephaim, of which we read in the book of Deuteronomy. Rephaim mentioned above simply means giants. Deloche continues, Another traveler to this area, Professor J.L. Porter, agrees with Graham that giants built these cities. Moses, he writes, makes special mention of the strong cities of Bashan and speaks of their high walls and gates. He tells us, too, in the same connection, that Bashan was called the land of the giants, leaving us to conclude that the cities were built by giants. Now the houses of Kerioth and other towns in Bashan appear to be just such dwellings as a race of giants would build. The walls, the roofs, but especially the ponderous gates, doors, and bars are in every way characteristic of a period when architecture was in its infancy, when giants were masons, and when strength and security were the grand requisites. I measured a door in Kerioth that was nine feet high, four and a half feet wide, and ten inches thick. 
one solid slab of stone. I saw the folding gates of another town in the mountains, still larger and heavier. Time produces little effect on such buildings as these. The heavy stone slabs of the roofs resting on the massive walls make the structure as firm as if built of solid masonry, and the black basalt used is almost as hard as iron. There can scarcely be a doubt, therefore, that these are the very cities erected and inhabited by the Rephium, the ab aboriginal occupants of Bashan. Much history supports God's record of giants. The term execration needs to be defined in order to understand the following information. Execration, according to Noah Webster's 1828 American Dictionary of the English Language, means the act of cursing, a curse pronounced, imprecation of evil, utter detestation expressed, end of quote. Nineteen hundred years before Christ, the Egyptian execration text of the 12th dynasty record curses that Pharaoh spoke over his enemies. These curses were written on pottery, including vases and clay figurines. When smashed, these curses conjured up by Pharaoh's priest-sorcerers were to fall upon his enemies, according to Deloche. Professor Alan F. Johnson says one recovered text now on display at the Berlin Museum contains an incantation directed towards certain enemy cities and territories along which are Palestinian areas and which names uh, specific rulers of an area called I-Anak. These, he adds, could well be the Anakims of the biblical materials. Flavius Josephus, one of the greatest historians of all time, writes the following in chapter 5 of the Antiquities of the Jews for which reason they removed their camp to Hebron, and when they had taken it, they slew all the inhabitants. There were, till then, left the race of giants who had bodies so large and countenances so entirely different from other men that they were surprising to the sight and terrible to the hearing. The bones of these men are still shown to, his, uh, to this very day, unlike to any credible relations of other men. Again, according to the research collected by Deloche, Pliny mentions that in the reign of Claudius, A.D. 41-54, to a nine-foot, nine-inch giant named Gabarus was brought to Rome from Arabia. Claudius placed him at the head of the famed Audiotrix legions. The giant so awed his troops that some worshipped him as a god. And again, during his principate, Caesar Augustus, 27 B.C. to A.D. 14, assigned two giants who towered over ten feet tall to lead the Roman armies into battle. On account of this remarkable height, writes Pliny, the bodies of the two giants were preserved in the tomb in Salus Gardens. Their names were Pusio and Secundilla. Deloche reports that Peter Colosimo, in his 1968 book Timeless Earth, states that an 11-foot-long skeleton was found near the eastern border of Pakistan. Finally, from Deloach, the following excerpt. In 1970, some huge fossilized footprints that he found in Australia's outback so intrigued Dr. Rex Gilroy, director of the Mount York Natural History Museum at Mount Victoria, NSW, that he began excavations in that area. Over the years, he gathered enough evidence to convince himself that a race of giants once dwelled there. Near Bathurst, Dr. Gilroy turned up some stone implements, hand axes, clubs, pounders, adzes, knives, and other tools, so huge that only giants with extra-large hands and strength could have made any beneficial use of them. 
He also uncovered some giant molars and other fossilized footprints that measured up to 30 inches in length. The implications are, he wrote in an article detailing his archaeological finds, that men of 12 to 20 foot in height once roamed this continent, end of quote. In the book, The Genesis Flood, is a photograph of two giant footprints. The headline under the picture reads, Giant Human Footprints in Cretaceous Strata. The body copy reads, There are more of the apparently human footprints found in the Paluxy Riverbed. Note the tremendous size, which immediately reminds one of the biblical statement that there were giants in the earth in those days. Similar giant human footprints have been found in Arizona, near Mount Whitney in California, near the White Sands in New Mexico, and in other places. www.biblebelievers.org reports on Dr. Carl Ball's find of a giant footprint taken from the Paluxy River at Dinosaur Park near Glen Rose, Texas. Through compression studies, it was established that this print belonged to a 10-foot-tall woman. Dr. Ball asserts that the strata where the footprint was found were laid down during the flood in the days of Noah. God said, Genesis chapter 6, verse 4, There were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, and they bare children to them, the same became mighty men, which were of old men of renown. Men said, Giants, how ludicrous! This is just another proof that the Bible is a book of fairy tales. Now you have the record.